The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And welcome to the AI Today podcast. We hope you've been enjoying our uh, almost 200 episodes in four years here. And if you are new to AI Today podcast, basically we'll tell you what we tell you all the time, which is that you should listen to all of our episodes. We have so many interviews with great AI influencers. We talk about the future of where AI is heading. We dive into AI use cases. We spend time looking at some of the research we're putting together on the various parts of the market. And just in general, you know, long story short, really subscribe to the AI Today podcast on your favorite AI uh, provider, uh, podcast provider, that is, because we are uh, really providing some great content. We hope that you can stick around, not just for this episode you're listening today, but all of the episodes that we have in our uh, AI Today library. Yes, and so we're so excited to have with us here today Agus Sugianto, who's Executive Vice President, Head of Corporate Model Risk at Wells Fargo. Hi, Agus, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, hello, Ron. Hello, Gabby. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at Wells Fargo. Thank you for the question. Uh, the background is a bit windy, uh, windy and uh, different road that I, uh, I, I traveled before. Uh, I came from engineering background. So my, uh, my first life professionally, I was an engineer. I uh, designed a, a car engine for Ford Motor Company. So I lead engine design team in, uh, at Ford. That was a long time ago. And I switched to banking after that. So various different role in banking, uh, both in the U.S. and in the U.K. And now I'm with Wells Fargo, the last uh, seven plus years with Wells Fargo as the uh, head of corporate model race. Uh, what happened in banking is uh, because it's a highly regulated entity, every bank need to have a, a program to manage uh, to manage the model. So. So we uh, we use a lot of model so uh, and uh, making decisions both financial and non-financial. So with that, the discipline of managing model risk is very very important. So every every bank has designation as chief model risk. That's uh, uh, what I am doing today. So basically overseeing all the model in Wells Fargo that is in production. Prior to that, I was a uh, uh, I was the director of uh, analytics uh, for Lloyd's uh, in UK, and before that, I was with Bank of America as the uh, head of quantitative risk. So uh, <clears throat> a little bit uh, windy road from engineering uh, background, work as an engineer, end up with uh, with banking. Yeah, it's a really interesting background. You know, starting with with uh, engine design. 
you know, automotive. You know, but the funny thing is I could see the connection here because you're going from trying to build reliable systems that can function every day, you know, whether you're in a car, you don't want that to fail unreliably, to reliable models that you have to depend on as a banking institution. Also, you know, you can't have things failing in an unreliable way. See, so you can connect those dots together. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things... Absolutely, thing- <laughs> Ron. Absolutely. You, you, you got it. You got it. That's why I'm very keen about model failure, model if you're wrong, understanding the failure mode, how to have model that's really safe, you know. So it's the same thing, you know, like in, uh, that's a real pro- uh, physical product with, with engine. Uh, it's uh, the best thing is uh, more obvious when you're dealing with model and software is uh, uh, somehow you need a lot more imagination. Yeah. Well, you know, that that's really one of the interesting things, because at our recent machine learning lifecycle for AI conference, you actually talked quite a bit about this point. You presented on the need for uh, interpretable machine learning models. And of course, sort of counterposing that with what people talk about with explainability. And, and this this goes to a lot of the, the heart of like, you know, what if these models are not performing in ways that we expect, right? And that's the whole idea. Well, we need to be able to look underneath the hood. See, I'm going to bring the automotive analogy back here and inspect how <laughs> our various uh, systems are functioning. So maybe for, for some of our listeners who, who weren't able to attend the Machine Learning Lifecycle Conference, which we might add is still available for replay. So if you're interested in watching all the sessions, including what August is going to be talking about shortly, just go to mllifecycleconf.com. You can see all the sessions there and the replay will be available for several months. So maybe, August, you could tell, tell our audience a little bit about what you talked about with interpretable and explainable models and sort of the connection to model reliability in general. Uh, excellent question. This is something that I feel like very, very key and important. A, uh, the, uh, it's different between explainable and interpretable, and I'll talk about this in a uh, hopefully this uh, very very in a, in a simple way. Uh, and explainable is you have a black box model. You don't know what's under the hood. Now you try to understand it and try to explain it. So people use a plethora of explainability tool, what people call it as post hoc explainability. So people use techniques, various techniques out there, uh, Lime, Sharp, PDP, and so on and so forth. Very, very active research area. People try to explain the black box, have a tool uh, to, uh, to explain the, the black box. And some of the tool can be complicated too. And all those tools is no guarantee. They are not exact. So the tool can be wrong. The methodology can be wrong. What uh, you think was under the hood is not what's under the hood. That's the uh, some of the uh, uh, caveat and, and, and flaw with uh, explainability tool that people apply today on the uh, on the black box machine learning. Interpretable machine learning, on the other hand, is something that you can see under the hood. Let me step back a little bit why this is important. The complexity that we're dealing with today, uh, where the error or where the unintended consequence can come from, from the model. It can be from the data or input. It can be from the model structure. It can be from the parameter in the model that are being trained through the choice of hyperparameter. It can be because of 
environment the uh, where the model is operating and environment is a uh, is, is is very dynamic and changing so understanding under the hood is super super critical to really understand what can go wrong and and with that the the, the importance of interpretable machine learning is very very critical particularly in area where we apply the model in a in a critical area for example model that impact people decision that impact people in banking that will be credit approval so that's a and it's an example where uh, interpretable model is very very important uh, people talk about uh, responsible ai and, and 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 to do that really uh, interpretable model is 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 very very important. Uh, an interpretable model doesn't mean that we need to use a simple model. Complicated, sophisticated model can be interpretable. Uh, I wrote a paper uh, and also published the code in GitHub how to use deep ReLU network, control deep ReLU networks uh, to make it interpretable model. So we put a tool out there to make a deep ReLU network as a white box model, no longer a black box model. So a lot of tools that's available today, a lot of techniques that people can apply to not to sacrifice for the transparency to understand the model. And, and, and this is super, super critical in area like I said, where, where it impacts people, either impact our customer or impact our, our, our team member, employee, when decisions are made uh, based, based, on, based on model. Yeah, thank you for that overview. I know that we really enjoyed your session. And listeners, if you didn't have the opportunity to attend or you'd like to um, watch the session again, you can do so. Our Machine Learning Lifecycle Conference is still up and available. So we encourage you to check that out because I know that you dig a little bit deeper into things and have some nice visuals there as well. But it really was an interesting topic because you know a lot of research and funding and discussion right now is being put into explainable AI. Um, but it was interesting to hear your perspective on really what we need is interpretable AI and explainable AI, you know, may not even be possible. So let's stop focusing on that, um, especially for certain algorithms. So, you know, kind of moving along with that, what do you see as some of the challenges um, that can slow down adoption of AI, such as data governance, security, ownership, and then other issues that companies face that can slow down that adoption? Well, I think the, uh, the the critical thing is uh, area where a uh, how can we deploy model uh, successfully and safely, right? So different organization in in various stages. Some organization is very very data driven, very analytically driven, even for 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 company that is very very analytically driven it can still have problem uh with the with the speed and 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 and, and various industry too depending on the uh the, the criticality of the application uh what is the uh what is the outcome of uh what is the unintended outcome of the model that can 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 slow down and and rightly so and in some uh, some area that require 
clear, uh, real model safety, then you have to deploy model model safely. But people need to look at uh, what area are really critical when when the model and uh, what's the intended use of the model. Of course, the data governance are super important with the uh, with the privacy issue, with the enforced security issue. Proper data governance are very very important. And then as we're dealing with the uh, the issue of, uh, of of fairness in the model, so the the expert to to look at it in the bank, for example, in a bank, uh, uh, fairness is a is a is a critical inform uh, a critical critical aspect that we look at. So we need to have our compliance partner or legal partner to look at it as well to make sure that the uh, uh, the the model is, uh, is is appropriate. So it can be from data governance, but it can also from what is the intended use of, of, of the model, and and probably also in terms of deployment, depending on the uh, the uh, the in, the infrastructure in the uh, in the company. Uh, uh, many many of us grapple with the the source data that is very uh, heterogeneous and distributed. How to make, how to uh, how to ingest the data to put it into ready to use for modeling, and then once the model is uh, uh, ready and tested, and validated, ready for deployment, how to deploy it in production? That's prop is also uh, a quite a challenge for for many company as well in terms of speed of deployment. So I think this is a very very and uh, interesting things on top of that in highly regulated industry we are. Uh, uh, like like banks, we have to go through all the model risk management process that can slow down as well. But that's the the industry working around that. How to how to uh, speed it up? How can we drive car faster but also uh, safer? So I think that's uh, that's uh, many many of us grapple and working working on 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 that. Be it uh, addressing the the process as well as the technology aspect. Yeah, I'm really liking bringing in the sort of automotive uh, references here because kind of it's kind of nice even though very different industries and they and they're both actually regulated but in different ways, right? You know, when we have issues with with automobile safety, we've uh, had to do things like bring in things like the seatbelt and airbags and things. It's kind of interesting because in the financial world, we have different kinds of regulations to deal with people's uh, you know, finances, the stability of of banking and the finance industry and also issues of privacy and and as you mentioned fairness and and uh, uh, these topics come up a lot. You know, we, we have it's funny we have these conversations about ethics, and um, you know, we've been tracking sort of separately. You mentioned issues on on model deployment. We've had a lot of podcasts, a lot of sessions on ML ops and this whole movement to model management and, and versioning and iteration and dealing with model drift and data drift. And um, these this is sort of a, a unique set of conversations we weren't really having. You know, even though AI has been around for decades. A lot of these conversations really have emerged only in the past few years, even though things like even even deep learning and machine learning techniques have been around for decades. So it's because I think we're starting to really put these models into actual real-world production situations where ordinary people are interacting with machine learning systems on a daily basis, not just researchers in very controlled laboratory environments, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the... Uh 
the the sensitivity on on this as well. Uh, a lot of things will be more and more driven by algorithm. Uh, machine will make decision. I think the thing is when when people make mistake, Ron, uh, it's they they make mistake, but it's not fast when making mistake. You know, it's not fast or fast. Mm-hmm. When it's machine doing it, the mistake will be more systemic. Right, so I think that's why it's so critical as we, the society, will be going to more and more algor- algorithmically driven. The uh, putting a safety in in the in the system is very very important. Yeah, very good. I like I like that, and and it's good that we're we're talking to someone like you. You're very influential in this space. You're at a very large uh, financial institution that really influences a lot of a lot of people, and and has a lot of influence in the market. So, you know, maybe let's talk a little bit about that. You know, you know, what do you see as some of the opportunities or the unique sort of uh, things that that the banking and the finance industry, you know, what are the, what are their unique opportunities to apply AI, and maybe you could talk about some of the successes, and you know. If you want, also talk about some of the some of the failures if you'd like, but but really kind of like highlight what's happening in the banking and finance industry specifically. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I would like to uh, talk about a, a couple a couple subjects related here. First is uh, if we step back, looking at the power of machine learning. If we look at the power of machine learning, fundamentally, it's really on the uh, feature engineering. This techniques, this tool will allow to speed up the process of creating feature, input, variable that become more predictable. And as we're dealing with a lot more complex environment, the data becoming much bigger, the variable that we look at becoming much bigger, as well as dealing with unstructured data like text or image. So feature engineering becoming a lot more complicated. In the past, with with the limited data, with limited set of variable, people do handcrafting features. So I'll give you example in the uh, in the credit scoring. This is an area that people have honing their craft for the last 30 years. With the, the area is very controlled, the data is very controlled. It's very limited that you can do, and people has honed in their, their their technique for the last 30 years. But those are manually done and through many many years of experience. Now, when we're dealing with a new da- type of data, alternative data, new type of data, and data that are changing, situation that are changing, we need more speed. We need something that's more more automated. Or, or, or at least guiding people uh, to be to be faster. That's the power of this. Is really why the explosion of machine learning is really on the feature engineering. Now, with that, uh, what is the opportunity, and why do we why do we do these things? Well, uh, first is 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 an arm race of model out there. People competing with algorithms, and if you don't have the best model, if you don't have the good model, it will have an adverse selection of the customer that you it coming to you. And this is a uh, very uh, typical example, like in the uh, in the credit decision and and fraud detection. If you don't have the best model, somebody will come to to uh, you 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 will get adverse selection of customers that. 
that, that, that come to you. So it's an arm race of model, everybody competing with model and algorithms. So it's very, very critical to do that. The other thing is we are against increasingly sophisticated machine learning driven adversarial environment, be it in cyber, financial crime, on all other things. Uh, the, the other side, the bad side, also taking advantage of, uh, of, of machine learning. So, so we, 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 we have to, uh, to, to, to work on this. The, the hyper-competitive market environment, let's say like dynamic pricing on the marketing side, people need to come up with strategy uh, on, on that. Uh, in the past, you uh, slow moving, you can come up, you can craft your strategy and think about that. But now we have to move a lot faster because the world moves faster. So how can we uh, develop strategy in much faster? That's the the domain of reinforcement learning that that can take uh, that we can take advantage to 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 help business to to craft new strategy very rapidly or at least considering new strategy very very rapidly. And of course, with the uh, the explosion of data and finding needle in the haystack, absorbing this humongously uh, big information traffic from the internet and other area or, or IoT or other area. How can we make sense out of that very, very quickly? This is all what we, we're looking at, the opportunity in the, uh, in the, uh, 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 the use of, of, of machine learning. So be it for uh, customer service uh, or assistant like chatbot, complaint analysis, on-demand service, be it for risk management, for risk detection or surveillance, financial crime, cybersecurity, be it for decision support like credit decisioning, pricing, or, or process automation. So the opportunity is vast. Uh, things that's uh, really the, uh, the, the, the imagination and the need of organization. Well, great. Well, you know, we we have been tracking a lot of industries, right, Kathleen? You know, we we've been we look at AI adoption across pretty much every industry, right? Right. I mean, we track about you know twenty thousand companies in the AI space, and we look across all industries, including both public and private sector as well, because we want to see how how various governments are adopting AI and then industries as well. So, you know, Agus, in your opinion, where do you think that banking is? Um, and finance in the industry in general? Are they ahead of the general market or behind or kind of on par? I think the, uh, the, the, the banking is traditionally has been a very, very uh, model driven. We, uh, we used a lot of model. Uh, we, we, don't, we don't call it machine learning. We use traditional statistical method. And many of them are very, very sophisticated statistical methods uh, with, the, with some parametric modeling. So the industry has been, it's, it's not something new So the, uh, for, 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 for banking. Now, uh, when, when we have something that uh, uh, the newness of, uh, of machine learning is really, now we, we, we incorporate model that's highly, highly non-parametrics. A lot of parameters, thousands and millions of parameters. How can we make sense of that? Because the uh, the bankings always operate in the past, always operate on things that really make sense. So this is where the newness, as as well as 
the use of alternative data. Uh, two people sometimes mix between alternative data and machine learning. They are separate things, but machine learning tend to use take advantage of alternative data. So, so, so with that, then the regulation. You know, we have to be very, very careful uh, with, with, with in, in terms of not violating law and do something that makes sense. So, so I don't. Uh, in terms of application. It's a it's very very vast application actually in bank in in banking. We use it from something that very mundane. Uh, when when you make a phone call, you 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 lost your credit card, you need replacement. Your voice will be will be listened by our machine learning and uh, to 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 help the the person who answered the phone to uh, to be able to serve better. So we do machine learning on that. We we apply a lot of, uh, uh, in, in banking, uh, we, we we process information, right? We process information, be it structured data or unstructured data text. We, we use it for 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 conduct surveillance, we we monitor the 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 traders right using using this. We do uh, serve our customer to 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 process their complaint to to resolve their complaint quickly. So natural language processing adoption in in banking is uh, is very 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 rapid. But in terms of uh, people, sometimes tend to look at area that traditionally the area of of uh, of, of statistical things, so people quickly jump. Oh, fraud, credit scoring. Yep, that's the easy part, you know. So that's the easy part. And fraud features are changing all the time. So that's a very, very common application of of, of machine learning in, in in fraud. And bank has uh, widely ad- adopting that. So so that's uh, so some very very obvious area that the uh, that traditionally uh, uh, apply statistical method or rule based system. People. Uh, People update it with with uh, with machine learning, but the whole other area that traditionally not not touched by modeling, banks also embracing to apply machine learning on that, particularly the area that the uh, with the uh, with the uh, natural language processing. I would say uh, probably ahead of most industry because the nature that we do very very data intensive in the da- in, in in banking and. Uh, banks makes money and manage risk with with data, so it's it's very natural that in in, in banking the adoption of of machine learning is 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 fast. Yeah, that's great. You know, we always uh, talk about AI as the seven patterns of AI, and so the pattern and anomaly detection pattern banks have all have have been ahead on that for a while. So that's being able, you know, to spot fraud, like you said, but also the conversational pattern. You know, you guys are using NLP in a lot of different areas, and so it's great that you were able to bring it in, and then predictive analytics too. That pattern of AI, where you're able to take past actions and help humans make better decisions. So you know, I really liked how you incorporated all of that into your answer because it's it's helpful to hear you know how people in the industry perceive things because sometimes from the outside it may not always appear what it actually is inside but you know we we've uh said that banks have been very forward with their use of ai and finance and it sounds like you are and you gave a ton of great examples so thank you for that 
Um, and this has been an incredible podcast. Your your presentation at the Machine Learning Lifecycle Conference was great, and, and this podcast has been very insightful. I'd like to ask by asking, I'd like to end the podcast by asking a final question. What do you believe the future of AI is in general and its applications to organizations and beyond? Well, once the uh, once the hype is calmed down more. I think it will become business as usual uh, in terms of application of this. So the application, as I said, it's it's very, very, very fast because data is more becoming, uh, people have to make decisions with speed. So the ability to process data, be it structured, unstructured data to make decisions is very, very key. So this is uh, uh, here to stay and more. removing all the hype of the general AI and something that's still a moonshot kind of things, but the one that very, very practical on the machine learning side, I think it's here to stay and will be becoming bigger and bigger as the, 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 the company and decision becoming more data-driven and analytically driven. Well, this is fantastic. As as mentioned uh, by Kathleen, we love the insights. I mean, this is fantastic. And for those who are looking for, for more, you can hear a whole hour of August diving deep even to the specific of interpretable models and approaches. And it does, I have to say, it does get a little technical. So, you know, brush off your technical uh, chops here. Bring it into the uh, session. You can watch the session. It's a video session, too, so it's not just audio. You're hearing it here. It's much easier to see things like the formulas and how you go about and providing interpretability on things like neural network models, which which have always been a challenge, right? So I, again, ch- encourage you to check it out. You heard the URL before. If you want to see that session, mllifecycleconf.com. We will link to it in the show notes as well. Uh, but in general, these are fantastic insights. So, you know, August, I really want to thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We know that our listeners have really learned a lot uh, from you here in this short, almost half an hour of, of podcast. Thank you so much. This is really fun. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, thank you so much. And listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, as well as a link to August's presentation at the ML Lifecycle Comp. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyrighted by Cognolytica, all rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.